And we have Larry Shover. He's the Chief Investment Officer at D. Alexander Capital. Larry, good morning to you. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yep. We have been keeping a close eye on the short end of the curve. I wonder now if after what we saw on the 30 and the 10-year yesterday, that's going to uh, attention should now be directed more towards the long end. You know, I'm not really sure about that, and I don't think the market is either. I mean, right now it seems like monetary policymakers and and risk assets are comfortable and think uh, that we'll have a soft landing. But when you look at the yield curve and whether it's negative nine and a half or or plus fifteen, I'm talking about the two ten. It, it it says it's something different. So right now, um, it, it it seems like the long end, the bearishness is in place, and there's still some room to run. Uh, and I think investors are not right now fearful of missing out on buying duration at this point. You know, we were just looking at the five-minute time frame, the move up that we've seen on the intraday. And here's a look at the daily time frames. I'm sorry, the weekly time frames to get a bigger picture idea. You can see the 30-year on the left, the 10-year on the right, the spike up to 2.7 for the TYX. You got the 10-year at 2.68. Larry, we've seen the dollar on the move as well, higher reflection of this, uh, whether you're talking about that a safety type trade as the indices have come off a little bit after taking out the Feb highs uh, into the end of March and kind of teetering a little bit here, it seems like, uh, below those levels as we started off the month of April. But uh, amidst some of the geopolitical concerns, which while they may have diminished a little bit, definitely have not been removed. No, not removed at all. And, and the dollar index itself, I think it's up a little bit over 1% over the last five days. And you know, I think a lot of it is safe haven, but the other has to be the balance sheet details that the yeah. Fed brought out on Wednesday. Even though most of that seemed to be baked into the market, I, I think at the end of the day, it represents a meaningful milestone. And, you know, given that the mystery of SOMA uh, is, be, is reduced, the market's now left to guess uh, what the consequences will be. And I think that's what we're seeing in the dollar and also, uh, to an extent, the long rates, the 10, especially the 30. Yeah, I want to just pull up this chart here of the dollar and the move higher that we've seen, again, similar uh, to what we've seen in terms of the indices. We've seen throughout the month of March a uh, strong run up in the indices. The dollar actually started to firm up as some of the Fed speakers became a little bit more hawkish, a bit more apparent that we were going to potentially see that 50 basis point rate hike. And uh, uh, recently, again, up and through this 99 level here, and it is yet to look back, again, nearing that 100 even level. I just want to remind our viewers, for those of you who don't have access to the dollar index futures, I've got that on the left here now, and we're actually looking at the weekly time frame so you can see the run-up uh, since the, uh, we're talking lows that we saw back in the beginning of 2021. But you can also remember to pull up the dollar sign DXY so that'll get you access to the index. Larry, in terms of some of the other foreign currencies, you know, you talked about uh, the kind of uh, reaction that we saw to some of the comments from the minutes this week. I mean, I guess I wonder where does that leave the ECB? Everybody's been talking about how they've been behind the curve for a while. Does this accelerate uh, their uh, expectations in terms of uh, their stance on rates, any? Yeah, I mean, it's been a mess this past week, but you're right. There's been so much commentary about um, them being behind the curve and also us being behind the curve, especially yeah. what we heard the other day from Bullard. Um, well, he, said we're, he said we are. Yeah, he yeah. said we are, and he wants to see three to three and a quarter by the end of the year. Um, they're in maximum hawkish mode. You know, I think ECB wants to be in hawkish mode, and that's their desire, and it could happen at some point. But with regards to being a lot closer to uh, Ukraine and also dependent on <clears throat> Russian gas, mm -hmm. et cetera, 
the closer you are to that situation, the harder it's going to be for that currency. And, and you know, so the negative risk premium is built into the euro, mm. uh, at least versus the dollar. And we, we know that that could spring and, and reverse at any point with regard, you know, given any kind of good positive developments in uh, Ukraine. But right now, um, ECB kind of has to be on hold. No question. And a very good reminder there, Larry. Oftentimes we forget to uh, do that. And it's important to uh, keep in mind that these geopolitical tensions, while they bring in premium or create a situation again where they weigh on the euro, for example, uh, that's present. But should headline news in a headline driven market come across that kind of goes against that counter to the trend that we've seen, you get this really sharp snapback oftentimes yep. as everybody's positioned in one direction and needs to get out. Uh, speaking of the EU and uh, the euro currency and feeling some of the weight of uh, what's going in Russia, Russia ultimately, we've got these new sanctions as well we were talking about at the top of the show. And, and it seems like, again, this morning, if anything, that's kind of weighing on things as well. It looks like if lower today, uh, down seven days in a row here, uh, the euro currency, that is. Yeah, and it's something we spoke about a few weeks ago. Um, if this persists, um, it, it's just going to hamper any kind of effort by ECB to do anything with regards to monetary policy. And so mm -hmm. that said, it's just maybe not a free fall, but we're just going to mm -hmm. see a ratchet down of uh, the euro currency, especially versus the dollar, given the proximity of Ukraine versus the dollar. And that said, we know it can reverse right away. But right now, it seems that this whole thing with new sanctions on coal and perhaps even oil, um, that's going to just put a lot of negative pressure on a, a currency that already has a lot of pressure on it. You know, speaking of oil this week, it seemed like the focal point was uh, uh, here you can see the 60 the euro currency, which has been coming off. Now, this is a look at the weekly time frame from the 112 handle uh, beginning of the year 2021 all the way into. So we're looking at the last year and uh, a few months here. Larry, speaking of oil this week, it seemed like the focus uh, was on, well, we heard from the IEA, they actually did move forward with the strategic petroleum reserves, kind of following up in terms of how we closed out last week uh, with the uh, U.S. announcing that uh, 180 million, I think it was, 1 million uh, barrels per day for the next uh, uh, six months, ultimately. So this has eased some of the pressures, it seems like. Crude's back down below 100 as we head into the end of the week. And while not necessarily at the 40, 50, 60 level we'd like to see, as we were talking about yesterday on the show, uh, well off the 130 and a reflection of how some of those price pressures have eased a little bit. My concern here, and talk to me, kind of ease me back off this uh, edge here, is that with these new sanctions and everything, we haven't really heard from Putin much over the last two weeks now. I wonder if things are going to start to boil over and all of a sudden we'll get some sort of a snapback response from him. Yeah, I mean, we're all hoping so, something that's, you know, that's positive uh, that will change things in a hurry. But yeah. the fact is, damage has already been done because we're, we're in yeah. a season now where, uh, you know, getting into high driving season, getting into a, you know, just finishing uh, refinery maintenance season, a season when we should be see filling, and we're definitely not. Now, this last EIA report, we did, but that was a one-off report, at least yeah. with crude. With gasoline, we saw um, a significant draw. Um, but that said, um, it, I think one thing that's buffering us right now, sad to say, but just uh, the magnificent um, restrictions that are going on in, in China right now, I think that's really helping. I mean, there's estimates that that's saving 200,000 barrels a day just for Shanghai alone. So the world market isn't, doesn't have the demand that we did last time that we saw the IEA um, um, released reserves. So I think that's we're seeing a different reaction and it removes some of the you know, the 
positive price uh, risk premium in the price. And that's why we're seeing it down around $100 a barrel. When you're talking about restrictions in uh, uh, China, you mean Shanghai lockdowns and how they've been? Well, see, yes. it sounds like this week extended, Larry. Yes, it was extended. And so <clears throat> the, the, the world demand has fallen off quite a bit. And, you know, it's no one wants to see these lockdowns and COVID extend itself. But for the price of oil, it really has helped reduce the volatility a little bit because demand is not nearly what it should be, given we're in April right now. Yeah, and I'm looking at the numbers here from uh, the report on Wednesday. And, well, here you can see crude oil back down below $100, again at 96.97. But the report on Wednesday, gasoline production was up while, again, you mentioned the EIA, the crude oil build in inventories, but gasoline inventories were actually down by $2 million, basically yeah. as much as we saw an increase in the inventories. And they were looking for a bit of a draw in the inventories. Larry, uh, just quickly, final thoughts in terms of uh, next week, retail sales, CPI, PPI, a couple focal points for traders and investors to prepare for. Yeah, we have two, two big things of supply, uh, $34 billion 10-year, a $20 billion 30-year. Uh, that's really going to affect duration. It may affect it today. But Tuesday CPI is really important. Is inflation running hot? Um, and, and what we have to keep in mind is, like, there might, are we going to see a divergence between headline and core? I think okay. headline is expecting 1.2 uh, and, and core plus half. Um, that said, why it's important is that if, if food and oil persists higher because of Ukraine and core moderates, that could very well change the Fed's thinking mm. on persistent 50 basis point hikes. I'm not saying it will for the May meeting or even the June meeting, but going forward, if we see that divergence, because core up a half a percentage point, that's what it was the, the month before. If we continue to see that moderate versus the headline, that's that might be a signal that the Fed will not be in continue to be in full hawkish mode. So a very important report to look at, especially as we get into um, April June series with yields, you know, continuing to go higher. Okay, the mindset being that they're willing to kind of discount some of the geopolitical premium that uh, we're seeing coming to yes. crude. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, food and energy persisting while the core moderates. That might be a signal. Larry, you're giving us something uh, to keep an eye on as we head into next week and a good explanation in terms of what's been playing out this week. Larry Shover, always appreciate you joining you. us here. The Chief Investment Officer at D. Alexander Capital.